0: Oh, man, having such a good time today. It's so fun that uh, you might just have to apologize for having so much fun at church, right? I make that comment ironically because uh, wasn't it David who said, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. It should be a celebration to be in this house, and we are celebrating that today, celebrating two of our two of our young people who are making these choices today to uh, be a part of God's family and a part of our community here uh, celebrating some of the different aspects of our community uh, we have our normal expression but this week we've got something a little different that, that uh, extends our understanding. It uh, was, was fun to watch I, as, as Juanice was singing she was doing really well and I could see Aisha up there in the corner, and she was starting to have tears, and, uh, and, and Juanice was going to turn and look at her, and I thought, no, don't do it. You won't sing another word, and she turned, and that was it. No more singing, but uh, what a beautiful moment there, and then, isn't it great to have Pastor Jay here? So good to have him back. Yeah, for sure. So good to see him here, and, uh, and Emmanuel, and Thomas. It's a beautiful thing when, uh, when parents take that spiritual role and lead in the family. There's so much that the church can do. There's so much that school can do. But it really is about what's going on at home. And you've got an example today of, of two young people who've been nurtured and loved by their parents and uh, has brought them to this day. And, and I'm so glad that we could be here and be a part of it. So I want to jump in today and talk a little bit about baptism, but let's pray as we start. Father in heaven, we pray your Holy Spirit now will come and fill our hearts, fill our minds, give us understanding, teach us from your word, help us catch a vision of what we've been invited into, in Jesus' name, amen. So I want to begin, I'm primarily going to be in Matthew chapter 3 today, and for most of what we're doing, uh, you can use that Bible that's in front of you there in the pew if you like to follow along, that's the translation I'm going to use most of the time. Uh, But we're beginning Matthew chapter 3, beginning in verse 1, Matthew 3 verse 1. And it says here, En a chaos dies one el Baptista, predicando en el desierto de judia, y diciendo arrepentanza, porque el reino de los cieslos si ha acercado. Which I kind of know what I said. Or kind of said, maybe. Matthew 3, verse 1. In those days John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah when he said, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord. Make his paths straight. So John came preaching, he came preaching a message of repentance, or a call to repentance. Which that whole concept is maybe a little unpopular these days, or at least unpopular in the traditional sense of how we might apply it. In other ways, repentance kind of runs rampant in our society right now in the form of virtue signaling. I can be sorry for anything you can come up with whether it's valid or not and even if I'm sorry or not as long as I just know the right things to say. That's not really repentance is it? Is repentance about me convincing you of something or is it more of a deep core reality within my heart? There's a a rabbit hole that I was tempted to go down today but we can't but just to say this It seems like if you reflect on this idea of repentance, in various ages of time, it often seems to be, our definition of repentance seems to be more related to the zeitgeist, why not bring a little German in today, right? To the spirit of the age, to the attitudes of the time, repentance also seems more related to that than to any real objective standard, we're just kind of... Gonna, you know Galileo's going to apologize for being too scientific because that was the spirit of his age and you know in, in each age we're gonna apologize for this or that but w- what is really at the core of this? Well on this note of what this repentance is really all about John does not leave us completely in the dark we'll get to more on that in a moment but first let's hear more of John's message Matthew 3 verse 4 now John wore a garment of camel's hair and a leather belt around his waist and his food was locusts and wild honey this is actually an interesting little uh, inclusion in here to describe his attire that's not really a common thing we don't usually get a description of what someone looked like or what someone wore and if you do get some sort of strange fact like that in the Bible it's always worth noting because somehow it's relevant and if you understand your Old Testament stories you will realize that the reason this is included the way he dressed where he was what he did was to remind the reader of the Prophet Elijah who dressed in a similar manner and the reason for the reminder was because prophecy had said that I will send the prophet Elijah before the great and terrible day of the Lord. It's a connecting of the whole thing. It's not a useless or just a curious detail. It's to remind us. Verse 5, Then Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region about the Jordan were going out to him, and they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. But when John saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, Welcome, kind sirs. I hope you will give us your blessing. Is that what he said? No, that's not what my Bible says. You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come, bear fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not presume to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. For I tell you, God is able from the stones to raise up children for Abraham. Even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Okay, real quick, just real quick aside. You got mentioned in this passage. Did you see it? Did you notice it? I'm not not the brood of vipers part not that part no 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 did you notice it because how many of you you don't have to raise your hand but it's more rhetorical but how many of you are, 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 are actually descended from Abraham I'm not now through all those days when all that was going on down there My ancestors were doing crazy stuff somewhere in northern Europe. I have no idea what they were up to, but I bet it wasn't good. Yeah, I'm not a part of the covenant. I'm not a part of Israel. I'm not a son of Abraham. I'm not of any of the specific tribes. You know what I am? I'm one of the stones out of which God raised up sons for Abraham. That's who I am and that's who you are too most of you maybe some of you have have some lineage from Abraham there but but most of us were outside outsiders and John is saying it's not about it's it's not now that Jesus is come or is coming it's not gonna be about genealogy anymore because God can raise up sons and daughters from the stone and that's who we are that's you that's a little snapshot of you in this story you see John's view of reality is a bit upside down for his time he calls the Pharisees and the Sadducees the brood of vipers but he doesn't call the tax collectors and the sinners that what in the world what is wrong with this guy bear fruit in keeping with repentance he says to them well first of all they probably didn't even really need think they needed repentance when obviously these other people did but yet John points at them and says no no you need repentance more than even they do and this repentance it ought to mean something to our lives because he says bear fruit in keeping with repentance repentance ought not to be just some platitude we say to get people off our back it ought to mean something and we ought to be able to see a noticeable change in the life of a person who has repented again genealogies and affiliations are not enough it's about you and about your decisions now I mentioned before John does not leave us entirely in the dark about what he's talking about when he says repentance or or at least maybe we should say it this way Luke does not leave us in the dark about what John said Matthew and Mark don't mention it but Luke has this inclusion in Luke chapter 3 beginning in verse 10 and the crowds asked John what then shall we do that's an important question to ask isn't it because that's the that's the bearing fruit okay I'm repenting but what shall we do verse 11 and John answered them whoever has two tunics is to share with him who has none and whoever has food is to do likewise tax collectors also came to be baptized and said to him teacher what shall we do and he said to them collect no more than you are authorized to do soldiers also asked him And we, what shall we do? And he said to them, Do not extort money from anyone by threats or by false accusations, and be content with your wages. Interesting. Interesting what he chooses to say here. John does not rebuke tax collectors for collecting taxes, he rebukes them for fraud. And John does not rebuke soldiers for being soldiers only for being corrupt and he told those who have stuff that they need to be ready to share with those who don't you, you think about it you think about John calling them to repentance you know we, in 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 the mind of the time I think the expectation would be stop being a tax collector no he says stop being dishonest He doesn't speak as much at least in this passage about some of the stuff we might have expected the morality issues that most often get pushed forward by those who are considered religious are some examples of that time why do your disciples eat with unwashed hands yeah, it wasn't a big problem with John he wasn't worrying about that one now it's not to say out of hand that a lot of the morality issues that get pushed forward by those considered religious in that time or in our time I'm not saying out of hand that those things don't matter but I am pointing out that that's not where John started he started somewhere else and in fact John says his harshest words to those who are considered religious and I suppose in the context of that you can you can both take heed and take warning that John's harshest words were for the religious folks Jesus once told a story that kinda goes along this line that's probably useful when we consider the idea of repentance and what it is and this one's in Luke chapter 18 beginning in verse 9 it says Jesus also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt there's a theme here right about how we treat one another it's it's come out in in the words of John not not to not to cheat each other to share with each other now Jesus tells this parable about others who treated others with contempt verse 10 two men went up to the temple to pray one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector the Pharisee standing by himself prayed thus god i thank you that i am not like other men extortioners unjust adulterers or even like this tax collector i fast twice a week i give tithes of all that i get but the tax collector standing far off would not even lift his eyes to heaven but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified, rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. I think maybe this is the kind of repentance that matters most that true heart sorrow for the reality of our condition and a pleading with God be merciful to me, a sinner John said repent and be baptized so repentance is in fact a big part of what it means to be baptized and exactly what form that repentance takes can and should vary significantly from person to person we're not all exactly the same I can't give you the right words for your repentance I can kind of lay out the concept I can help you understand what it is but you know the reality in your own heart you know you know both the the sins of commission the sins of omission And you know just the general reality of your own heart. We don't have to be doing wrong to not have a right spirit. So this whole repentance is going to be different from person to person. But as much as baptism is about repentance, that's not all it's about. You see, there was another part that was going to be added to what baptism was really all about, but it wasn't actually going to come about until after Jesus had completed his mission to save. Now, there's a reference to this reality about baptism, that it was to take on something more after Jesus that doesn't appear until we read in the book of Acts. So if you want to look there, Acts chapter 19, I want to read you just this little story. I love this story, but we're not going to spend a lot of time on it. Acts chapter 19, verse 1, and it happened while Apollos was in Corinth, Paul passed through the inland country and came to Ephesus. There he found some disciples. And he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, no we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit and he said into what then were you baptized they said into John's baptism and Paul said John baptized with the baptism of repentance telling the people to believe in the one who was to come after him that is Jesus on hearing this they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus and when Paul laid his hands on them the Holy Spirit came on them and they began speaking in tongues and prophesying so let me just throw this out there maybe we haven't always been expecting enough from this experience or perhaps we just didn't know believing that what takes place here is a is a sign of repentance. Well, it's not untrue. But that's just the going down in the water part. We don't leave you there. You come back up. But what do you come back up into? After Jesus, this act of baptism would take on much more meaning, and John the Baptist will introduce it back to our original text, Matthew chapter 3, verse 11, John said, I baptize you with water for repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. I don't know, that sounds kind of intense to me. I mean, we made the water pretty warm up there, but it's not fire. But maybe for all of us, the the literal experience is not always so vivid, even though I think maybe, as I mentioned before, we could perhaps be looking for a bit more, or at least be a bit more aware of what's taking place when we baptize. So what are we looking for? Jesus shows the way on this. Matthew chapter 3 verse 13. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him saying I need to be baptized by you and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him let it be so now for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented And when Jesus was baptized, catch this part, when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. So while baptism, as a repentance from sin, and a symbolic washing away of sins, a symbolic death to sin, and an expression of a desire to live in a new manner, to bear fruit in keeping with repentance, that's all right, that's all the first part, this dedication to be committed to Jesus, there is also the part where you come back up out. Of the water you go down in repentance of sin desire for a new life washing then you come back up this is a rising to a new life where we're not just left to face the trials on our own but instead God has promised to give us something to carry us forward and that something is revealed in the story of Jesus verse 16 and when Jesus was baptized immediately he went up from the water and behold the heavens were open to him and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him and behold a voice from heaven said this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased." so yes Baptism absolutely is a sign of repentance and a desire for a new life. But it is also a moment when heaven is opened. And if we are truly of a heart and mind to enter into this new life, God will open heaven, pour out His Holy Spirit on us in a manner we have not yet known. And if we will listen closely with the ears of our heart, We will hear a voice say, You are my beloved son. You are my beloved daughter. In you I am well pleased. That's what's happening. That's what just happened right here. Isn't that amazing? It's God's seal on the act. Pastors can't do it. The water isn't somehow holier than any other water. It was the same boulder tap water that you got at your house. But it's a divine moment. It's easy to miss if you're not looking for it. All right, there we go. On to the rest of the service. No, it's a divine moment. One where the one who is baptized is told by God, you are mine. That was you, Alex, two weeks ago. Maybe you didn't know this when you got baptized. But it doesn't mean it didn't happen. And I'll bet If we were quiet for a moment, you'd be able to hear the echo of the voice of God in your own heart. Can you hear it? How many of you have been baptized? Let's see your hands. Outstanding. All right. Now listen. You know what God says to you? You are my beloved son you are my beloved daughter with you I am well pleased okay and then immediately all the stuff comes rushing up how can you say that I've done all kinds of terrible stuff yeah I know so keep repenting and I will keep giving you the Holy Spirit and I will keep being pleased with you would it help if you lived your life with the idea that God was pleased with you? Would it help you to strive to actually do what he's asking instead of feeling like you're living under the condemnation? Because if you've made that choice, if you've entered the water, if you've gone down and repented of sin and come back to new life and received the Holy Spirit, God is pleased to count you as his son and daughter and it is our privilege then to live in a manner that is pleasing to him now we can fill this tank anytime we got a heating system so it's not cold and we can do that anytime but only Jesus can give you the baptism of fire that John referred to and I believe that he has done that this day with Aisha and Emmanuel to the extent that they are ready and able to receive it and live it as their lives progress as they go step by step guess what they're not gonna get everything right from here on you know how I know that because none of you did Right? But it is a new day. There's a stake in the ground. They are sons and daughters of God made official by this event. And they have become a full part of this community of faith. And so as I come to the end of these comments, I want to invite Pastor Jay to join me up here. And I want to invite Aisha and Emmanuel to come up here as well so wherever they are come on up here and join us because if you will notice what happened in the book of Acts was they had the baptism of repentance and then Paul and the others laid their hands on them and prayed for them and the Holy Spirit came upon them and and they spoke in tongues well we might get French and Spanish out of them anyway but come on up guys Come on up here and join us. Aisha, come on up. And Pastor Jay and I are going to say a prayer for you guys. Because what you did here is the the testimony before all of us and the receiving of the, the repentance and the rising to new life. But now we want to pray that the rest of what happened when Jesus was baptized will be your experience as well. That heaven will open that the holy spirit will come on your lives and that you will hear this is my son this is my daughter in whom i'm well pleased so so come on up here forward we're going to stand behind you guys i'll make sure i don't step on there we go all right and uh okay you pray first then i'll pray second father god we are so grateful that you are already here God, you are not uh, shouting this message that you see us, that you are with us from somewhere else. God, we know your spirit is moving here in this place. And so we want to rest in that for a moment here on this Sabbath day, uh, knowing that in these gaps, in these opportunities, your voice does come through. So just let us sit in this moment, God, here in this time, knowing that not only are you, God, with us, I'm standing with a young man who's been named after that identity. A young woman who is living in that reality, knowing that you are here with us. And so, God, we just want to take this quick moment to just rest, to be silent, to hear your voice, uh, to follow through on all the things that Pastor Jeff has talked about, knowing that you'll speak it if we're willing to hear it. Amen, Lord. And uh, I'm, I'm reminded of the words of the hymn, Let Thy Goodness Like a Fetter... Bind me closer, Lord, to Thee. Lord, they have made this choice this day, Aisha and Emmanuel, to be counted among Your people. And Lord, I pray that uh, even if they seek to go from Your presence, they will know they cannot. For where can they go? To flee from Your presence. You have claimed them. They are Your sons and daughters, and no matter what comes upon them in the days ahead, May they never forget that and know that uh, your spirit that labors and strives within them will never stop, will never quit, and that they are destined to be a part of your eternal kingdom forever. Lord, I pray right now that you will indeed open heaven and you will pour upon them a measure of your Holy Spirit in a way they've not known before and in a way that they're able to understand at this point in their lives, and that the Spirit in their lives will continue to grow and mature with them as they go forward, and they will do great works for your kingdom that will leave us amazed. Lord, I pray that right now they would both hear your voice, that Emmanuel would hear you say, This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And Aisha would hear, This is my daughter. I'm well pleased and that they would take your favor and go forward from this day to great works in Jesus name